Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app. He brings the passion. For what? I want to know now. I'm, I'm mentally invested. Don't tell me to pray and you don't say what for. He brings the perspective. Yeah, I. I think they both have a great point. Get off me, text line. Uh, he's truly one of a kind. That is wow. Oh, my God. Oh. And he's doing a great job. I okay. need you to man up and say what you really want to say. I mean, you're doing a great job. And together, they are Steiny and Guru. Yeah. On 95.7 The Game. Good morning, everybody. What's going on? Matt Steinmetz, Evan Giddings with you. Daryl the Guru Johnson, enjoying some holiday cheer this week, taking some time off. By the way, happy birthday to uh, his young son, little Daryl, turned 21. Oh, little D? Little D happy is birthday. now a grown man. Officially. Although, technically his dad's supposed to be a grown man too, but he's just a child at heart, so... <laughs> Uh, so don't him be young. disrespectful. Hope Goo's doing great with the family. Yeah. Steiny along with Evan Giddings. And uh, we got a ball game tonight at Chase Center. I'm looking forward to Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors. And teams have played each other in the finals two years ago. Some things have changed, Evan. Not even two years ago, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, just uh, let's get into it a little bit. What do you what do you think of Warrior Wise? We got Mike Yam, NFL Network coming up later, so we'll definitely get into some Niners. Uh, but the Warriors have won two in a row. I know, but they needed they needed, <laughs> they, to needed do, they needed to do it. And now th- this is one of those games to me where if you can get tonight, now we got something. Now we got something because then you've won three in a row, and you got Washington coming in, and now you can start building some momentum it's gonna be a tough game but uh this is the one that makes the two victories against portland and against the nets really count if you can get one tonight against boston if you don't it's not the end of the world but then you got to go make sure to win friday and then start to to rebuild again yeah i mean i'm excited because it's it's a measuring stick game i mean the boston celtics are the class of the eastern conference right now both teams are on even ground as far as rest advantage. It's the first game of a four-game roadie for Boston. So there's no really, um, I guess, scheduled spot that would help or hurt either team. It looks like the Warriors are going to be pretty much as, as healthy as they, they can be. I know Chris Paul is questionable with an illness right now. But, I mean, the Warriors, I think, have an opportunity, and a lot of their young players do also against a team who 
is pretty reformed. I mean, Drew Holiday, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, um, you know, a lot of different and emerging players since the 2022 finals are now in this Boston team, even different than a year ago. So I'm interested to see how the Warriors measure up because the last time we saw them against a team near the top of the conference was probably Minnesota midway through November. Since then, they've gotten OKC a couple times, um, but it's been between teams that are, I don't know, at the play-in or a little bit above near the top of the conference was probably Minnesota midway through November. Since then, they've gotten OKC a couple times, um, but it's been between teams that are, I don't know, at the play-in or a little bit above. So right now, you get a chance to measure where you're actually at. And if the Warriors are, as Steve Kerr believes them to be, a championship-caliber group or a team that is probably still going to be fighting just to get into the playoffs. Yeah, 888-957-9570. That's the number. You know that number. And there's a couple things I wanted to talk about regarding the Warriors and the Celtics uh, going into tonight's game. And one of them is... uh, the idea that the Warriors are transitioning, and and I've been thinking about this for the last week or two, and it's been a theme of the dynasty, and that is, you know, how much can young guys play on this team with a veteran champion core that's already won titles, and you know, Clay Thompson and Wiggins have been off the bad starts, and Wiggins has now been taken out of the starting lineup, and Looney's been struggling a little bit. And it seems like there's always been a call, Evan, for the younger players, even at the height of the Warriors' success. Mm -hmm. Let's see what these young guys can do. But I do think if you take a step back, we started talking about this yesterday, if you take a step back, and I know that, that some people have frustration about Steve Kerr and his unwillingness to get off the veterans, but the reality of the situation is if you look at this team, Think about this for a minute. You got Brandon Pajemski. He's played 20 of 26 games, and in those games when he's played, he'd average, he's averaged 22 minutes a game. What was he, the 19th pick, Pajemski? Yeah. 19th pick in the, ja- in the draft is playing 22 minutes a game for the Warriors. Kaminga's in his third year. He's played uh, all but one game. He's averaging 20.6 minutes a game. I think people want that to be a little higher, but nevertheless, 20.6 minutes a game for a 21, 22-year-old, that's not bad. That's not bad. Moody, Moody's played in every game this year, and he's averaging 19 minutes a game. And uh, Jackson Jackson Davis, uh, the second-round pick, he's played in two-thirds of the games and played nine minutes a game. A little less, but still, it's not like he's been relegated to no playing time at all. What I'm getting at is, for all the people clamoring for the young guys, you're kind of getting them. You're kind of getting them slowly but surely. And it started with Wiggins going to the bench. Pajemski's played some as a starter. Uh, Moody's become a little bit more of a priority for uh, Steve Kerr. And then Kaminga is clearly going to be getting consistent minutes in the next 10 days, or I should say 10 games, with Draymond Green gone. So the transition is on. I guess the question I'd have for Warrior fans and you, Evan, is... Is it fast enough? Is it enough? Should they do it more? Should they do it less? But look, we're going to go to that game tonight. We're going to watch it, and we're going to see a lot of players on the Golden State Warriors playing 
who are under 23 years old. We are. Four and, of them, probably. And we're going to see guys that I think will get minutes. because. And this is something we talked about at the end of the show yesterday, which is while it's taken longer than people would want, the combination of a slow start from the majority of the veterans combined with the younger players or the third-year and younger players grabbing the moment, that has forced Steve Kerr's hand. And I think that even though it's, you know, you, you might wonder why a Kaminga was out of the rotation, to Kerr's credit, he hasn't been out of the rotation since. Since he fessed up to making it, a, in his own words, a horrible mistake in Sacramento, Moody has played a lot more. Brandon Pachemski and Jonathan Kaminga have started the last three games since the Draymond indefinite suspension. So I'm, I'm with you. I think it's taken, you know, maybe 20 games, but. In the scheme of a, in the scope of an eighty-two game year, if it takes you a quarter of the season to figure out how to integrate the younger players and then kind of infuse them with right now what you got from the older guys, I don't think that's really a long period of time. Now, the concerns that I feel like a lot of fans have been throwing out is, well, once the older guys start to play well, and once a Draymond Green comes back or a Gary Payton II becomes healthy again, well, we'll see Steve Kerr revert back to his old ways. And that's what I'm most curious about. And the question I think he's going to have to answer is, you clearly got 10, 11, maybe even 12 guys on certain nights that can help you win. So how do you mix and match? And this is where I started to go back and look at, well, okay, what are the, the Warriors teams that have played you know, the most guys, right? 2015, the strength in numbers team. All right. Well, there were nine guys on that team, and I know that not everyone played the most games, but there were nine guys that played 65 or more games and that got 15 or more minutes per game. I think we don't look at that team and say, well, Kerr really had to use his bench a lot because the majority of the second unit were older, veteran-type players. Now his second unit, outside of Chris Paul and Dario Saric, are primarily younger guys, or at least have been up until the starting lineup changes. So I think we're starting to see a transition this season. And to me, Steve Kerr, while he isn't getting credit yet, I do think that in the next couple of games, especially like one tonight, if TJD plays 10-15 minutes and is impactful, if Jonathan Kaminga is able to get 20 minutes and is impactful, Moses Moody, and those guys show that they can help you against a team that's number one in the East, well then, I do think we need to start looking at Steve Kern asking the question of, is he actually doing as bad of a job as we think he is? 888-957-9570 is the number. Steiny and Evan Giddings with you today. I just think that we started the season with Steve Kerr saying, we got six starters. We got six starters. Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Green, Looney, and CP3. And... Now we're 26 games into the season, and we're actually seeing Kaminga, Moody, uh, Pajemski. And tonight, Chris Paul may not play. Uh, he's listed as, what, questionable with, the, with an illness. And so whether this team likes it or not, three of their players may not be in tonight who are you know, considered part of their championship core. And I'm throwing Peyton in there. And... The, the reality of the situation is we're going we're gonna to see guys uh, who are young. And, and what, what do you – like, I, my question always to, to people who criticize uh, Steve Kerr, and I'm not saying he's perfect at all, because I, I, I fully acknowledge that he leans on the veterans more than the, the rookies and the young players. But that's who he is. That's who he's always been. That's who they hired. 
And I just feel like if you want to drastically get off that strategy, you're probably going to have to get off Steve Kerr. By the same token, I do think he's playing. I mean, Pajemski's playing. Kaminga's playing. Moody's playing. Is it really a matter of having them all play five, six more minutes a game? Uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, Just wondering what you all think about how Steve Kerr has coached this team, not only this year, but let's say the last three or four games, maybe even four to six, because I do detect a little bit of a of a of a trend change. Uh, here's the other thing, Evan. Warriors ten of their next eleven games at home. Need them. Ten of their next eleven at home, and so I I, I did a little math and uh, looked at the schedule, etc. And uh, I don't know if that is. Uh, but uh, the the Warriors have ten of their next eleven at home, and Draymond Green, it's been reported, is likely to miss at least three weeks. Guess how many games that is? About ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. So I also think we're at a point here with the season where there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do for the next three or four weeks except play ten of eleven games at home. Try to win as many as you can. Find out more about Draymond Green and what Draymond Green's situation is. And then if you're five games over 500, by the time Draymond comes back, the, the, the trade deadline's going to be in about two or three weeks. If Draymond gets back in three or four weeks, the trade deadline will then be two or three weeks after that, depending on when Draymond comes back. So to me, this is so... To me, there's, there's nothing to see here except the games. 10 of the next 11 at home. You're two under. By the end of that, can you get to two over? Can you get to three over? Or what if you get there and you're still three under? Two or three or three or four under. Um, then you have two or three weeks with Draymond coming back and the, and the trade deadline coming to make your decision whether you think you have something going this year or not. It's, to me, it's it's... It's self-explanatory to me the next three, four weeks. Yeah, you got your longest homestand of the season after Saturday. So you got Boston, Washington, um, Portland, and then you know you get, uh, what, on Christmas Day, Denver. And then from there, I think he gets, what, six straight games at home? Yeah. So yeah, you got an opportunity to clean up. I mean, ideally, you should be playing better basketball at home. And I think the Warriors have a chance to dig themselves out of this mini hole to where... Like the goal to me for when Draymond Green inevitably comes back, whether that's at the end of this home stretch or if it's at the end of the road trip following, which puts you about three weeks from the deadline, to be a, ideally above 500, you know, a game or right. two above 500. And that means you're playing, you know, 55% winning basketball. And for you to be able to do that, I think would also instill some confidence in everyone that this is a team that could maybe make some noise or could be a dangerous team. And, and that's really the the hope for this year to me. It's not like I, I never came into the year thinking that this was a championship team that's going to run away and say we're the one seed the entire year. We're going to control this season. But you hope that they give you a sign that they can test a couple of these teams in the West. Right. And it starts tonight against Boston because Boston's coming off an impressive win against an Orlando team that's top four in the East. They're 20-5. and five. Um and they also got 
I don't know, you know, a West Coast trip that's going to put them against Sacramento tomorrow night. I think they got the Clippers involved in there. So, look, the Warriors have it all in front of them right now. And though it's a 12-14 and 14 start, which is not ideal, you also have gotten to this point weathering quite a few storms. And yep. those storms have mainly been a result of Draymond. But, you know, Stephen Curry's quietly been pretty healthy this year. Um Klay Thompson has not been shooting well, but he's starting to come out of it. Andrew Wiggins has talked about being open to the demotion of a starting lineup change. Like, you got Brandon Pachemski, who I, I know that we talked about him, you know, he's in the starting lineup recently, but his last eight games, he's playing 30 minutes a night. You know, this is a kid that's probably been, I would venture to say, the most impactful rookie since Draymond Green. Pods? Yeah. Like to me, I can't think of a rookie that has been, and you could make Warriors, a case, Pajemski, yeah, for the Warriors, and he's probably been more impactful than Draymond his rookie season because he's played more. I mean, maybe Harrison Barnes played a lot his rookie yeah. season with Mark no Jackson. Doubt. Yeah, it's a good call. But Brandon Pajemski has, in the last eight games, and I think he's going to continue to get more run, put himself up there with one of, if not the best rookies around the rest of the NBA. Like he's getting opportunity. And he's averaging 12 points, shooting 40% from three the last eight games. Like, this kid has staying power, and it looks like Steve Kerr's going to give him a lot of leash. 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, This from the Comcast Business Text Line. You and I got into it a little bit over this, but I think uh, this text on the Comcast Business Text Line is way more succinct than I was yesterday, and it's a much better straightforward question. I'll just throw this out to you, Evan, and and the listeners uh, from the 510. Hey, uh, if the Warriors go five games over 500 with Draymond out, are they more or less likely to trade him? So if if Draymond misses the next 15 games and they go 10 and 5, that means when he's scheduled to come back, they'd be 22 and 19. And I do think that is an absolutely fascinating question because at 22 and 19, what do you do? Are you in it? Do you do you have Draymond back? Now we try to make a push before the trade deadline to to see for sure what we have, or is 22 and 19 not good enough? Or you look at the Warriors and say, man, we went, we went. 12 and 6 overall without Draymond, and I'm throwing a couple wins in that have already occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is the right time to try to get off him. I don't I, think I, I actually, and I can't, yeah, I came around a little bit yesterday, but only because, like, my feeling is, you know, I, I think they need to transition off him. Okay, but whatever. If, if they don't, they don't. And the reason not to transition off of him would be why? I don't think it's out of the question that you can transition off of him at the end of the year. But to do it in the middle of the season, especially if you go 10-5 and in your next 15 games, I don't look at that as a reason to say we don't need Dream on the rest of the year. But you could look at it, and this is where I'll meet you halfway, you could look at it as a way that's saying, okay, well maybe we don't need him for the next three years. Right. But I have a hard time believing that this front office would move Draymond after positioning themselves to maybe be, you know, a, a top six seed, top five seed. Because at the end of the day, you are going to need players that have postseason experience if you want to give your chance give yourself a chance to make a run. And I don't think Draymond Green is 
you know, the best version of himself compared to what he used to be. But he's still got, what, over 100 games of, of playoff experience. He's got four championships. He's been in the trenches. And I do think you need a guy like that if you're going to have, if you give yourself the best chance to win a postseason series. So I I don't, I, I couldn't move off of him. But I will say this. I do think that the Warriors will make a move at the deadline no matter what happens. I think they'll either try to get better and improve if this team plays well in the next 15, or if they don't play well in the next 15 games, then I think the transition gets expedited a little bit faster. How important do you think the next 12, uh, 12, 14, 15 games are without Draymond? Because are are we going to be able... Look, let's let's just use 15 games. And let's just say, you know, one choice is ten and five, one choice is eight and seven or seven and eight, and the other choice is five and ten. If the Warriors go five and ten without Draymond, like this is I do think there's a lot of interesting facets to this. If you go five and ten without Draymond and he comes back and now you're seven under, my question is, what are we doing? You'd be seven under with two or three weeks to the trading deadline. You go ten and five, you're three over when Draymond comes back with two or three weeks of the trading deadline. And obviously, if you're five hundred, you're still about where you are right now. What would would the rec like how how important will the record be when Draymond comes back to determine what they're gonna do? Or is it kind of irrelevant that they're gonna kind of do like what they're gonna do? doesn't hinge on Draymond one way or the other. If there's seven games under 500 at the trade deadline, I don't... You, you can't... If you have Stephen Curry on your roster, you can't rebuild, but I do think you look to retool. And if you're above 500, then I think you gotta give these guys one last opportunity. And you also have a built-in out at the end of the year anyways. Like, you can transition and you can get younger. Like, you don't have to bring Clay back. Um, I think if he continues to shoot it this well, it's going to be hard not to. You don't if if you really aren't a fan of the way that Kerr has coached this team, you have an out at the end of the year because he doesn't have a contract. Like there are ways you can get off of this iteration of Warriors basketball without having to just say Draymond, you're done. Like I don't think it necessarily hinges on Draymond Green. So. You know, at the deadline, I think the Warriors are going to be active. I think they'll have to be active because either they'll have to look to improve or they'll look to transition. But either way, I think that does put an importance on the next 10 to 15 games, which is also what you know the guy who's going to have to make the choice, Dunleavy Jr., said uh, a couple of days ago. It's like right now we're in a little bit of wait-and-see mode, and then the Warriors are going to dictate which direction their season ends up. Yeah, I... Uh... I want to share these two texts from the Comcast business text line. And the first one's from the 510. I never, and that's in all capitals, never, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I would 100% try and transition off Draymond as soon as possible. I have always been pro-Draymond no matter the circumstance, but it's over. And then we've got three texts later. Our main man, Leroy in Oakland says simply, you don't move on from Draymond Green. I mean, there it is, right there. 888-957-9570 is the number. Dre's going to be gone about three weeks at least. The Warriors have 10 of 11 at home. The trading deadline is February 8th. What are we doing? What are we doing right now? 
I'll tell you what Matt Steinmetz is doing. Matt Steinmetz is saying these next 11 games are key. Let's see how many we can win. We start to get a handle on when Draymond's coming back, and at that point we'll assess whether bringing Draymond Green might bringing Draymond Green back might push us over the top. Whether we don't need it, whether you try to move off him because of what you saw without him. Fascinating stuff with the Golden State Warriors. Love for you to join in the conversation. 888-957-9570. And oh, by the way, the Boston Celtics in town, baby. Hey, with the holidays right around the corner. Now is the best time to download the Odyssey app. You can listen to all four hours of Steiny and Guru plus outstanding segments like the Morning Roast with Brian Baldinger or Willard and Dibs with Peter King. He's going to be on today with Willard and Dibs at 315. You can get it all on the Odyssey app. Let's go. 888-957-9570 is the number. And by the way, hey, how- welcome back. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Not yet. Draymond's not back yet. Steiny and Evan. Giddings, that is. Oh, I thought you were welcoming the, the Celtics Camera. back to Chase Center. The uh, place they lost the maybe that's 2022 it. NBA Finals. Maybe that's it. By uh, the way, we got a great... A great staff here. Like, a really, honestly, oh boy. a cool community. Dude, people have brought in Christmas treats, yeah. homemade goods. I mean, we got, like, toppings for hot cocoa out in the lobby. Yay! I, no, seriously. Well, my blood pressure is rising. Well, that's what happens when you work in an office. People should bring that stuff. Did you bring anything? No. <laughs> I mean other I people. Show some love, man. I mean other people. I like my coworkers, Steiny. I like a. I like. I like well, uh, my co-host, but I like some of them. I like some of them. I told you a few of them are really starting to come around. Yeah, they didn't start out on the on the right end, but they're finding a way. <laughs> oh man, Boston in town. They're twenty and five, atop the NBA standings, along with the how. <laughs> What's that I hear? Is that howling in the distance? It's a puppy. Oh, I can hear those wolves howling all the way into the Bay Area. Wow. Look at those T-Wolves. Gutsy win in Miami last night. Yeah. They're doing better on the court. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Get off, though. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. They're fine. They're fine. Uh, Draymond Green obviously won't be playing tonight. He won't be playing for the foreseeable future. Chris Paul is a questionable, uh, is listed as questionable tonight. Because of illness. And here's the question that, that we're batting around right now. I'll try to set it up as succinctly as I can, although uh, it is a little stretch. So the Golden State Warriors, 10 of their next 11 at home. 10 of their next 11 are at home. And it's most likely that they're going to play all those games without Draymond Green. Okay. So you're playing the next 11, 12 games without Draymond Green, and if and when he comes back around that time, or even a, a week or two later, that puts us about a week or two before the trade deadline. What do you want to happen? What is the best case scenario? And the reason I'm asking this is because, for me, I'm feeling like, man, you, any chance you can go 10-5 and five over the next 15, and then maybe you start thinking about, transitioning off Draymond. By the same token, Evan saying, you know, we go 10-5 and five and we're building some momentum. Maybe that's when you get Draymond back and he takes you to the next level. I think it's fascinating and I think it's, uh, I think it's something that the Warriors are wrestling with, quite frankly. Yeah, and to your point about so for for me the reason why another reason why I guess I would consider trading him if if things go wrong is you already have evidence that Draymond during a losing season is also not someone you really want to have around mm. because he has given up on seasons in the past. Now that season didn't include Steph or Clay, so maybe this is slightly different, but I wouldn't want him around for that. If they're winning though, I also think that and may, I don't know, maybe it's a you call him a front runner, but like he does feed off of that winning energy as well. So I think Dray- Draymond could amplify what the Warriors are doing well if they go ten and five, and then I would look to add something to the deadline. And the piece that again I brought up yesterday, the piece that I would use to try and better your roster or bolster it is is Chris Paul. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was brought in here is to be potential trade bait at the deadline. He's an expiring contract because of the non-guaranteed situation next year. I also think that someone like Brandon Pachemski has made it more feasible for you to not necessarily need a veteran, you know, older kind of point guard because Pajemski looks like he could run the second unit if you need him to. Right. So I know he's in the starting lineup right now, but if they moved off of Paul, I think that Pods is a guy that I could trust to fill that role. Yeah. Um, or he's looking like he's trending in that direction. Yeah, I... We can talk more about Pajemski uh, throughout the show. I do really like him, but I'm always... I really do like him, but then you think, well, let's not get too carried away yet. So I'm... I, I really... There's some stuff that he does that it takes some other players years 
to figure out about the NBA. And there's things that he has figured out about the NBA uh, already. So I, I, I'm a big Pajemski fan. Um, I just uh, I just think sometimes we have a tendency to get carried away with young players before we see him play a few years. That said, again, I like Pajemski. That's fair. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Let's start out with, uh, let's go to Al. Al's in San Francisco. What's going on, Al? How you doing, man? Hey. How are hey, you? What's up, uh, Sammy? Hey. I'm okay. I'm good. What? Uh, uh, you know what, Al? We uh, You're clicking. C- call back. Call back. Not a great great connection. Uh, let's go out to Atlanta. Brandon is in Atlanta. What's up, Brandon? How you doing, man? Hey, how's, how's it going, Sonny? How's it going? Going well, man. I want to propose a trade. Oh. Mm. Ding, da, da, ding. Can I do that? Sure. I'm all ears. You ready? Thanks, John. Draymond Green for Jordan Poole. Send Draymond to the Warriors. Bring back Jordan Poole. They make about the same salary. <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, I... Well, yes, you, one of them is going to be a chase would you do on it? Friday. Would you do it? No. I wouldn't either, even no. though. Those were two years ago. Don't let Jordan Poole come in here on Friday and beat the Warriors. Oh, God. That would be. I um, mean, even if they lose, but he has a, a good game. Like, if Poole has, I don't know, 30. 60. 30 <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to score 60. He might get 60 shots off. But if he scores 35 or has a big night in front of the Chase Center crowd, man. Let me ask you this. Would you do something like this? And I've heard this guy's available, but you better you better give up a lot of picks. Steiny, send Utah all the picks they need so we, we, we can get Laurie Markkinen. I'm just telling you right now, you got to be careful moving picks left and right in the future at this point. Hey, I, let me ask you this. A couple years ago, I was the guy who was saying, you know, you got to be careful about these future picks. you got to be careful. Anybody else concerned about just throwing picks in for a guy who you think might be able to give Steph Curry a hand for a couple years? Uh, yeah, especially if you're talking about the haul that Utah wants, which is like four or five first round picks. First rounders. Well, or wow. or, or pick swaps, or you know, gotcha. like just a combination. Sure. I mean, they they said they wanted something like the Gobert deal, and I think that was four first round picks. Now. That is, I think, even Minnesota might look at back. Gobert's playing very well for them right now. They're the best defense in the NBA. They might also regret that in a couple of years. So if you're the Warriors, I don't want to trade any draft pick beyond the end of Steph Curry's contract. So that would be, what, 2026, I think? They or 2027? Trade, yeah. But 20, they can't trade a pick until 2026. Correct, yeah. So that would be Curry's thirty-seven, age 37 or 38 season. And, I mean, he was probably still going to be a productive player, but I'm assuming he's not going to still be an MVP candidate. Uh, if he is, that's miraculous and incredible. But I'm certainly not trading a 2028 pick. I ain't trading a 2020-30 pick. And then you're asking for, like, because you can't trade back-to-back years. So you're just asking to double up down the line. And one of the reasons why I don't also want to trade first-round picks is because of this pick this year. Like, they traded it for Andre Iguodala to Memphis, what, three or four years ago? And it ends up coming back to be a position where you don't know which way the season's going. You would like to have that first-round pick, 
but instead you gave it away. Memphis, in fact, trades it to Boston, who they're playing tonight. Boston ships it off to Portland, and now Portland's sitting pretty with probably two top ten picks if this season goes off the rails for the Warriors. That's another reason why I can't move off capital. Uh, the uh, Uncle Looney on the uh, YouTube chat says, I asked the question about what do you do. He said, can we answer in three weeks? Yeah, you can answer in three weeks, Uncle Loon. I'm just saying, what's the, uh, uh, what's the best case scenario? I mean, if you play great without Draymond, do you look at Draymond coming back as something that's going to elevate you further? Or do you look at it as if we play well without Draymond, then maybe we show everybody that he's not as indispensable as some people think? I just think we're going to find out, find a lot out in the next three to four weeks about where the Warriors are headed. Let's uh, let's try Al again in San Francisco. Hey, Al, how you doing? Hey, I'm okay, guys. Sorry about the disconnection earlier. I don't know what's wrong with my phone now. All good. Hey, uh, uh, thank you, Steiny and Evans. I just want to comment on this Draymond Green situation. Uh-huh. You know, uh. You know, it's been going on too long, and I think this indefinitely suspension is good, but I hope it goes longer than that because the Warriors should play, you know, try to change up and get these youngsters in. Uh, Baby T played a hell of a game that night. I think he should be, uh, you know, entered into the lineup, get more minutes because he is a baller. And also, you know, with the, with the Kabinga coming up and Dre, you know, Clay, man, Clay is coming out like fire, man. And Wigan is getting the role, you know, and I think with going forward with the next 10 games, if the Warriors are doing good, I don't, they don't need Draymond to come. I mean, if he comes back, they don't need him on the floor. And I think he bailed out on the team, man. This was a bailout. He knew that the team needed him and he did that on purpose so he could get suspended and get all, you know, sit out and so, Nobody will blame this season on him. That's what I think he does. He bailed out, you know, instead of being a true warrior and duel all the way till the end and see what happens. But hopefully, I I like to see him get traded. You know, if Warriors are doing good. There should be no changes, and they like come up with trades to trade them or you know, sit them on the bench, man. That's what I think. But thank you guys. Have a you know blessed day. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Appreciate the call. I think there's a lot of Warrior fans that feel that way. That it's time. Uncle Looney comes back and says, I don't think any team would trade for Draymond. He's ours, whether we like it or not. Do you agree with that? I don't think anybody wants Draymond. I, I, I actually disagree with that. You think there are teams that would want Draymond? There are a few. I think there's a few. T- now, I don't know how much. I think Uncle Looney's right. I don't think they're going to give up very much. I don't think they're going to give up very much, but... Well, and that's why I think that... You can't tell me the Lakers wouldn't want Draymond Green. But what you then you may be gifting them something that puts them over the top. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how Draymond would fit with a team like the Lakers. He doesn't really add shooting, which is kind of all mm-hmm. that they need at this point. I mean, they're a pretty good defensive team without a guy like Draymond, but his relationship with LeBron, my, I, I don't know. But the, but the thing is, whatever you get back from a team is probably going to involve something for the future. Like, it would probably be, I don't know, an expiring deal or a player that can't really help you this season, but it comes with picks. And then, to me, you're signaling that you just are not going to try this year. Or you're not going to try and give Steph or Clay or, what you know, all these guys an opportunity in the postseason. And that's a signal that I, I personally just don't want to send to this to this team. Because... They've already had to go through the ringer through 26 games, 
and it looks like they might be digging themselves out of a hole. Again, we'll see over the next you know, 10-11 games if they can, but if they do... Well, then all the work that this team has done, and I know a lot of it is because Draymond put them in that situation, but all the work that they will have done to that point, in my mind, is kaput. Because you're saying that a guy that could help us in a postseason series, you don't want him on the team anymore. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, I... I... It's a little bit of a conundrum, for sure. The the other thing you have to factor in, I think, is that Draymond's got three and a half more years left on his deal. Well, and that's like again, I don't like think get, it's you get through one year and he's got three more. But I don't think you have to move him now. No, I don't either. Or in, I, or in three weeks. I, I, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. And and really, you and I are just splitting hairs. I'm saying if if I don't think either of us are saying make the only the only danger of making a move now or not making a move now would be if Mike Dunleavy knows he's sitting on an offer and he's like, this is pretty good. I mean, this is a pretty good offer. Then what do you do? Let's say you don't do it and then it never comes back. But, um, no, I, I think you and I are generally aligned. Let's see what happens over the next 10, 12, 15. I, here's where I'm at. If, if I see something real positive out of the next 12 to 15 games, it would make me more likely to try to move off him. It, it, it just would. And I completely understand somebody who might take the other view and say, well, we played really well without Draymond. Let's get him back. Here's the other thing. Somebody said this on the uh, text line. Uh, would Draymond come off the bench? Yes! Absolutely. In fact... I, I got to believe that after he should come off the bench and and assimilate quite slowly if you if you want me to be honest yeah like hey I mean I'd start Draymond off when he comes back if he's coming back with 15 minutes a game and say if you're good you, you know 15 minutes and we'll go to 20 we'll go to 25 etc but like would it be disappointing if Draymond's suspension ends and he's in the starting lineup the very next day playing 30 minutes? Probably. Don't, don't you want him coming off the bench in a way? Well, I think also because, like, okay, so if this starting lineup, yeah. which is probably going to be the same starting lineup that it's been for the last three games tonight against Boston, and this is where I think the game tonight is significant, if that starting lineup plays well and they continue to play well, I also don't think Draymond would be... I'm, That's correct. I don't think he'd be. I got to be careful here. I don't think he'd be arrogant enough to say I deserve to be in the starting lineup over a team that just went ten and five. I agree. I think he's smart will, enough to know that. I do give him that for sure, for sure. Uh, and and we saw that. What was it last year? We saw it last year when he said he'd, he'd come off the bench and nobody thought thought yeah, against Sacramento, he would right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Jason's in the Central Valley. What's up, Jace? How you doing, man? Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, just going back to this Draymond situation, uh, even if you were to trade him, like what you guys have been talking about, like what can you even get for him, right? And who would even take him? Uh, probably future picks would be the only thing you can get for him. Um, I don't think anyone would take Draymond on, uh, you know, with three years left on his deal. And, you know, for a while I struggled with thinking who would even, you know, be interested in taking him. Two teams in the West that, I, that might be willing to take him, uh, one I thought of is maybe the Kings because Mike Brown is there and his vet- his veteran um, IQ might be able to a- assist that team with getting to the next step. 
And also a team like OKC, who has a ton of picks that may be willing to trade mm. some of that away to get a veteran like Draymond on their bench, too. So, uh, But at the same time, if the Warriors do choose to let go of Draymond, I'm, I feel like they will become some sort of team like the Phoenix Suns with, you know, when they had Steve Nash and those guys run and gun type of team, you know, where their, their defense becomes their offense. So I'm kind of excited. I'm definitely excited about the young guys. Don't know what to do about Draymond. I, I do agree that it's more of a wait-and-see situation, but definitely this situation is playing with all of the uh, diehard fans' emotions right now. So just very excited to see how everything plays out. Looking forward to how Paz and Kaminga do against a, a great team like the Celtics. So it's a great litmus test, too. It's the, appreciate the time on the air, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate the call. Uh, this is from the five one zero. All these people asking to trade, uh, asking for Draymond to be traded. Is there a market out there? I'm not aware of. Maybe not now, but okay. So the market for Draymond to me is pretty simple. Uh, any team five hundred or below has no interest in him. Probably no young team would have interest in him. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Orlando Magic have any interest in Draymond Green, a team that's kind of young and growing. I think we're talking about a very select few teams that feel like they're in a title window, and Draymond can push them over the top. I mean, I mean, I don't want to get into exact fits, but if you're if you're Milwaukee, Philly, I think Philly would have interest in Draymond Green. Um, I think I think the team to me that would be the best fit would be actually Dallas. Interesting. I think the Mavericks could use a Draymond Green because they don't really have an interior presence outside of what they're lively. Derek Lively. He's, well, he's, he's lively. But Grant Williams. I mean, do you want him starting a postseason series? He started all twenty three games for them this year. Um, I think Kyrie. Oh, like him and Kyrie would be an interesting pair. But Kyrie's also been. Pretty reserved for Kyrie standards this season. Right, um, it's a team that's not necessarily young nor old, but might be able to benefit defensively. They take the most threes in the league, so they're not a team that is necessarily worried about getting bogged down. Like they have enough shooters. Hey, by the way, I don't. I'm sorry to. And interrupt. they might be able to give something up. Sorry to interrupt, but you want to take that back? What you said? Something just ridiculously erroneous. What did I say? I said, you know, I got to believe the Lakers could use Draymond Green. And you said, but they need shooting. Yeah. So they couldn't use a 45% three-point oh shooter? My God. <laughs> yeah, goo. Yeah, goo. Don't, don't, don't talk about that. He's having a career year, Stoney. All right, how much you want to bet by the end of the year he's shooting 35% from three? Or lower? Or lower, <laughs> yeah. Stuff well, no, he's put a third of the season behind his back. You actually brought something up I always think is, is funny now when I watch, or eventually when I get to watch Draymond again. Uh, how many of those threes are beyond the first quarter? Like, people just let him sit on the three-point line, you know, butt naked open. He'll hit a couple, and then the rest of the game, it's like, well, he just, I don't know, someone turned the water off. Here's what, uh, and I, here's why our listeners are the absolute positive uh, best. So Draymond Green... Right now is averaging. He's made. Uh, he's shooting forty three percent from three point range. He's eighteen for forty two. Here's your project, listeners. Should you choose to take it on, can we break down those eighteen threes by quarter? How many he made in the first quarter, second, third, fourth? And I know we got diehards out there who have. They probably have that information at their fingertips. Yeah, you want to give me a sec? Nine two five. You guys don't know ball. 
He's valuable for contenders. Yeah, that's what I kind of said. You got to be the right team. I'd say three to five teams would be interested. I think about, like the Miami Heat would be a team that, that could take him on. Uh, let's go out to... Uh, Real quick, you want to yeah. know what he's shooting in the first quarter from three? Uh, sure. 56%. He's, okay. four, he's 14 to 25. So 14 of his 18. Absolutely incredible. He hasn't made a three-pointer in the second half of a game this year. And you know what? It's pretty incredible. Good chance he won't for a while. <laughs> uh, let's go to Scott. Scott's in San Francisco. What's up, Scott? How you doing, man? Oh, boy. I'm good. Thanks, guys, for picking up my uh, call. Yeah. Hey, I think it's unrealistic to believe that Draymond is going to all of a sudden miraculously change in three weeks. And it seems like the majority of the talk that's been on about who needs him and who could use him I think he started a cancer in our team with the punch. And I think that thing has been festering all the way till now. I don't see it changing. I think if somebody picked him up just for the skills he has as a basketball player is being blind to the fact that the guy just is not right. For some reason, somehow, it's just insidious what he's done to this team in the last year and a half. I'll uh, take what you guys think about my thoughts uh, off the air. Thanks, guys. Yes, Scott. I mean, I know what it means, and you know what it means, but insidious. Yikes. That's pretty strong. I didn't like that horror movie. It's called Insidious? Ethan Hawke, I think. Yeah, I I wasn't a fan. I I don't think he's been insidious. He's been Draymond. Like, this is... I don't know, you guys talk about it all the time. Like, this is who he is. It's just, I I think the reason why there's been more frequent outbursts is because there aren't as many people in the organization that are able to either help or, I don't know, kind of cushion his, his, his outbursts. Like, again, Bob Myers is no longer here. Andre Iguodala is gone. Sean Livingston is no longer in the front office. I mean, I guess is Zaza Pachulia is someone he might look up to, but he's not always around the team, you know, as as frequently as those those other guys. Like, I just don't think there's anybody that can really step to Draymond and say, "Dude, you gotta you gotta stop," or "We need you to tone it down," especially in the the heat of battle. Right. Like last year against the Pelicans, Bob Byers came down from the stands to stop Draymond from yelling at I, I don't know if it was a team member or you know someone the assistant staff. There's nobody to do that anymore, and he's also probably getting older, and he's frustrated with maybe some of his play. I mean, I I think it's it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I think it is too. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. Don't forget the Warriors take on Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics tonight at seven o'clock. How about this? Let me tell you what you want to do before the game tonight. Stop by Ballast Point. Brewing, just up the street from Chase Center on 16th before the game for Warriors Live at 6 o'clock. Say hi to Evan. Evan Giddings on the uh, Warriors pregame tonight from Ballast Point Brewing. Again, Ballast Ballast Point Brewing Company before the Warriors take on the Celtics. 6 o'clock Evan, 7 o'clock tip-off, all on 95.7 of the game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.